Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Today I'm going to speak on what I call the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. Uh, So I'm going to have us pray. Father, thank you because your word is yea and amen. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Whenever your word is spoken, grace is released. And Lord, I ask that grace will be released to accomplish your word and to accomplish your will in our lives and in this place. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I want I would turn, I would ask I to turn to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, you know, that passage was beautifully read by our sister early on, uh, just to establish some of the things uh, I want to talk about today. Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 14 says, For Christ's law compels us. He's giving a, he's giving a testimony. Okay. Thank you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. This is talking about what must be the effect of the death of Jesus Christ in our lives. What must it result into? Uh, The passage is long. I'm not going to go through everything. But if you go through the passage that was read and you followed, uh, there are three things that he talked about here that must be the result. The first one is we must no longer live for ourselves, but for Christ. I want you to say it. I will no longer live for myself, but for Christ. And he's saying that is because Jesus died, right? So Christ's love that he has for us compels us to live differently. So we are no longer permitted to live for ourselves, but to live for him. And later on, he also brought up something that is very important. He said in verse 16, he said, So, you know, because of his love, because he died, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. That is, we don't look at people anymore, especially people who are in Christ, we no longer regard them from a worldly point of view, even though we once regarded Christ in this way, so, but we don't do it any longer. Even Christ, we thought he was just an ordinary person, all right? But we no longer do that. So people who have given their life to Jesus, they are supernatural beings. And he, he, he gave us why in verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, is the new has come, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. Hallelujah. Now, in verse 18, he gave us the third very important point. He said, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. So the death of Jesus Christ reconciled us to God. All right? There was a separation between us and God, between the human race and God. All right? And he said, this reconciled us to himself. I want you to say, I am reconciled to God. God is not keeping malice at you. He's not keeping malice. It's reconciled. Many of us, unfortunately, sometimes we still feel there's a war. Uh, there's a war between me and God. You know, God is so far away. God doesn't, you know, you know there's no longer war through Christ Jesus Christ. Amen. So he said, God reconcile us to himself through Christ. I want you to notice that. Through Christ. He didn't reconcile us through any other thing. Through Christ, he reconciled us. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So God committed to us that ministry of reconciliation. What is that ministry? That ministry is that God was, is reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That's the ministry. Not counting people's sin against them. That God is no longer counting people's sin against them. If you talk to an average person today, they don't feel, you know, they know that they are living in sin. Even most unbelievers, except the ones that are reprobate. But majority know that they are not right with God. They are not living with God. They are living in sin. They, the sin, sin is controlling them. They don't think they can get out of sin, right? So they rather take advantage of their sinfulness if they can take advantage of being with God, right? And that's how a lot of people just leave and they just move on. Now, we are to let them know that God is not counting people's sin against them. Because of what? Because of Jesus. All right? They don't have to pay for that sin. There's no penance to pay. There's no... There's no suffering to go through. You know, only put your faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, what he has done, right? And we have, you know, you are reconciled to God. And he said, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Sharing the gospel is our mission as believers. All right? It is an assignment that God has given to us. In fact, it is the work of the church. It is the primary work that God has to bring people to himself, to reconcile people to himself. And he wants you to join him in the work. This assignment is called our mission. I want to say our mission. You know, it is the most important part of our faith as believers. Now, your mission is different from your ministry. Many times we confuse our ministries. We all have ministries. You know, what God gift that God has given to us, the, uh, the assignment that God has given to us, you know, the spiritual gift, you know, our calling, whatever we all call it, we all have all that. But that's different from our mission. You know, our ministry 
is what God has given to us, you know, to serve one another. It's your service to believers in the body of Christ. That's your ministry. You know, whether you serve him as an usher here or anywhere, uh, whatever gift is given to us, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, healing, administration, all those, they are calling, they are ministry that God has given to us, but they are to serve believers in the body of Christ. But your mission is our service to the world. Amen. Our service to unbelievers. I want, you to let, I want to let you know that God created you for both. All right? He created you to serve one another in the body of Christ. But the most important is to serve the world. All right? To, to win souls. And that's very, very important. Souls are the currency of eternity. God is not excited that we just gather together and we enjoy one another. You know, it's not, that's not what excites him the most. What excites him the most is bringing more souls to the kingdom. Hallelujah. And that's why Jesus said there is joy in heaven over every soul. One single person, there's a party. All right, one single person comes to Christ, leaves the kingdom of darkness, comes to the kingdom of light. There is joy. Souls are the wealth of heaven. The sad thing is souls also are the wealth of hell. If I want in one of the in one of the uh, the prophet Isaiah, the Bible says, "Hell has enlarged his mouth. Hell also is looking. The devil is also evangelizing." Every day. He's working so hard to win people to his side. Hallelujah. But many times we don't. The goal this month, starting from today, is to prick your conscience. Is to break your heart. You know, so that you see it, you know, as your main responsibility to win so. The goal is also to create opportunities for you to do it. All right? We're going to be creating a number of opportunities for you in the course of the month for you to come together as a group and to go win souls and share the gospel so that more people can come to the kingdom. We have to be very, very passionate. We have to see this as a matter that is very, very urgent. Sometimes we don't treat it as urgent. Other things are so important. Uh, We're going to really, really shift that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at a few excuses that people give, many of us, why we don't share the gospel. What are the excuses that we offer? Sometimes you see people say, it is not my calling. People say, you know what, evangelism is not my calling or it's not my responsibility. You know, I thought that is for evangelism ministry. So why do we have evangelism ministry if I have to still go and evangelize. Uh, you know, some people will say, you know, I have my gift. My gift is to sing. My gift is to clean the church. My gift is to usher. I know my gift is, uh, you know, to play the keyboard or drums. Or my gift is to do whatever, you know, to be zozo and zozo people for Christ. That's my gift. Uh, I think I've explained that, that your gift is different from your mission. You know, your ministry is not your mission. Your mission to the world 
is to share the gospel. Praise the name of Jesus. So it's important for us to note that. Let's, let's make that, you know, hopefully that, that change of mind will help all of us to see, you know, this is very, very, very important. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at what verse 18 says. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, all of us, the ministry of reconciliation. So evangelism is the mission of every believer. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter whether you got saved yesterday, last year, last week, 10 years ago, it is the mission of every believer. Another excuse people give is, it is not my personality. You know, I don't like talking to strangers. All right? Or, you know, I'm shy. You know, people go around and say, you know what, I'm shy. I'm not the person that will just look for somebody and tell them because I'm shy. First of all, people who say I'm shy are not really shy. We know that, right? They are shy to people who don't know them very well. Hasn't that happened? That? So if someone says, oh, he's shy, it's because you don't know him. Even all of us, all of us are able to do that. Second, that is why it is not a function of personality. All right? It is a function of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. That is really why you don't depend on your personality. It's not force of personality that win people to Christ. In fact, Apostle Paul says, look, I don't come to you with my eloquence. Because I don't want your faith to be based on my eloquence. In fact, historically, we actually know that Paul himself was not an eloquent person. You know, from history, he was not eloquent. In fact, a lot of people, they actually used to make fun of him. They said his letters are so powerful, but his presence is so weak. That's how, that's how they talk about him. They say, oh, Apostle Paul, when he writes letters, the letters are so profound. They are so powerful. When you put him on stage, you give him mic, we're all sleeping. He's not that, you know, he's not that charismatic. So he said, you know, I did not come to you, you know, with eloquence of human wisdom, but with power of the spirit and trust me when you start preaching the gospel the power of god is released praise the name of jesus second timothy 1 17 says god has not given us the spirit of fear so when you feel shy afraid i want you to say it and i want you to put your hands in your chest and say there is no fear here because god has not given me the spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind. That is the testimony of everyone that really preaches the gospel. There is, more, there is no better place for the, where this really comes to life than when you're sharing the gospel. The third excuse is people, excuse rather, people offer is the fear of rejection. People won't listen. You know, much less believe. A lot of people believe, you know what, People will not listen. Why will I share the gospel to them? They already made up their mind. People will not listen. One, you know, one of the things we miss is evangelism is also God's idea. All right? 
Uh, first, you don't have to worry whether people listen or not. All right? That should, that's not your primary goal. You have to worry whether you share the gospel or not. Right? Share it and leave it up to people, the people to accept it or reject it. All right? Second, you will be shocked how many people are willing to listen to the gospel. I'm going to have a few of our sisters who are going to share in a few, just share some of their experiences in some of the outreaches we've gone to, you know, that we've been announcing. All right? So don't fear rejection because no one is rejecting you. They're obviously, when people reject the message, they are rejecting Jesus. They are rejecting the message. They are not reject, rejecting you. Amen. So it's very important, uh, but don't assume. You will be shocked how many people God is already working in them. One of the things is when you, when you prayerfully go, God positions you to people he's already working with. All right? One of the things you're going to discover in evangelism is when God is already working on people. You will discover how many people the Holy Spirit will just lead you to who are already wishing somebody should come to them, who are already wrestling with questions of eternity in their heart, who had a dream last night that they went to hell and they are scared, you know, who someone, their mother has been praying for them for a very, very, very long time, all right? Who are, they used to go to church, they are just church dropouts. And something has been going on in their life lately, they've been wondering, you know what, Maybe I need to go back to God. Maybe I need to do something. You might just be that answer to their prayer. You know, many times when we pass up these opportunities, like a team has done a great work in soccer, and they pass it to you with an empty net, and you're like, you know, what if I don't score? Everybody's going to laugh at me. Everybody's going to crucify me. Let me not even try. You know, that's, that's, that's sometimes that's how we do because if I kick it, it doesn't go into the net, then everybody's going to be angry. Let me not kick it at all. Uh, that is not what, because you don't know what God has been doing in people's life. Hallelujah. Number four excuse that people give, this is common among young people. I'm not comfortable imposing my religion on others. You know, this is so common, especially in America, you know, and the media has done a good job. Uh, of trying to create, you know, this sense of, oh, if you're preaching the gospel, you are imposing your faith on others. Guess who will benefit from that? Unbelievers. No other religion, if, you know, we, first of all, we are not religion, but no other faith really thrives on sharing the gospel because they don't have a good news. They don't have good news. There's no other faith that has the good news that we have. The good news that God loves you, God forgives your sin, God cleanses you, Jesus died for you, that's good news. Now, they don't have good news. They will rather fight for nobody to share their news. And that's the goal. That's the goal of the world today. So they will say, you know what, don't impose yours. First of all, you are not imposing. Uh, you're sharing. Second, people have their mind. They can say yes. They can say no. Second, third, Really, if you share it properly, you're sharing a good, the good news to them. You're telling them that Jesus loves them. You're telling them that if they put their faith in Jesus, he, he, he cleanses, he washes their sin, and he gives them assurance of going to heaven. All right? 
So that's the tactics of the enemy to weaken us, to stop us, to stop us from obeying God, and we must not fall for that. You know, all those lofty, you know, everyone has their religion, why should you, you know, impose your religion on all that? It is from the pit of hell. It is an agenda of hell, and we must not fall for that. Praise the name of Jesus. So we are going to tell people about Jesus Christ. The fifth reason people give is, or excuses is, I don't know how to. All right? I don't know how to share the gospel. I have never been taught. Nobody has told me, what is even the gospel? All right? What is the gospel? What do I tell people? All right? Now, we're going to deal with that this Saturday by God's grace. Uh, we're going to deal with that this Saturday uh, at 9 a.m. You know, before we go for this Saturday is our gas buy down. So gas buy down is not just because we want to give people gas. All right? Gas buy down is because we want to gather people together ultimately. Yes, we serve people. We give them gas. We do all that. But it brings hundreds of people. It creates a lot of attention. And we are able to share the gospel to them. Hallelujah. And that's the goal. And that's why I want everyone, everyone to come around. We want to just bombard the area. Can you imagine if 100 of us show, show up and each of us can at least share the gospel to three people? And out of the three people, each of us can bring one person to Christ. In one day, that is 100 people we bring to Christ. And that is possible. Praise the name of Jesus. That is possible. That is very, very, very possible. Last year, you know, with my son, we probably led like three people to Christ. In fact, I led someone to Christ. She called on the phone. She called her mother. Why there? She called her mom and said, Mom, somebody just told me about Jesus. And the mom was praising God. The mom has been praying for her, of course, and we led her to Christ. So it's important that more people are, God is preparing many people. Jesus prayed. He said the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Why are there few laborers? Because the laborers are offering excuses. The laborers are saying, you know what? There's no harvest. You know, there's nothing. They can't see the harvest. My prayer is that you will see the harvest. And you will become a laborer in Jesus' name. So we've been doing this uh, evangelism in the last few months. Every month we've announced it. I mean, a number of people have come out. I'm going to call a few people. I'm going to call Sister Stefania. Uh, who's going to share with her experience? I think this is probably one of our first times she's going out. She's not, she's like you, you know, maybe have, has offered her own excuses. But she had a powerful testimony and a powerful experience, uh, you know, that she, uh, she's going to share that will bless us. Can you just tell? Okay. Yes. As pastors say, I was hiding for a long time. I had so many excuses. And for the first time, I went to outreach. I've been a member uh, of that ministry for, since I have been with Agape. But every Saturday, of course, I end up working or find excuses. Because the reason why I didn't want to be like my mother because growing up, I see my mother going on mission and talking to people. I'm like, no offense to old people, but it's for old people. I'm not there yet. And that Saturday, I'm here to, to talk to you about being obedient with the word of God. Our sister, Sister Jumi, set me up. 
and she put me to lead prayer after the, the evangelism. So I'm like, okay, God, so I have to lead prayer. So that means I will have to come. So I came and thank for pastor and for thank you for Agape. We learn so much. They give us so much. Agape is a church full of resources. Whatever the things you need, it's here. We don't have to go outside. I'm like, I have no clue. I don't know what I'm going to do. But pastor was not even there, but he had set up a video teaching us and give us paper how to approach what to do. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it to you because I have no clue, even after the, the teaching. So we went out. We, uh, we were divided by two groups, um, ShopRite and Aldi. So I was with Aldi. So first I was with Sister Shell. And at first, every, every person I approached, they like, nope. I'm like, oh my God, that's tough. And I say to myself, Holy Spirit, what I'm, I'm doing here, I need your help. So something told me to go around. And I'm telling you, I, I met that guy. It's big, it's tall, it, it looks scary to me. And I say to God, okay. I'm going to go. So we, we, I went to talk to him. As I, I was approaching him, he was smoking pot, marijuana. And he was like doing it right on my face. I'm like, okay. So, and I said, and I said to him, good morning. And it was super, super hot. We were like really sweaty. And I didn't even care about anything like that. So I approached him, even I was scared. And I said to him, do you know about God? And he sent the poof to my face. And he said to me, I'll be back. I have to go to the store. So in my head, I said, okay, that's another turnout rejection. And so I went to talk to other people. And guess what? That same scary gentleman, all right, called me, sent someone to call me back after he came out of the store. He came, he sent someone to call me back, and I called Sister Etseba, and we prayed for him, and he gave his life to Christ, and he said that he has an addiction with marijuana for a long time, and to see a tall, big man crying, weeping, you know, it was really, and I said, that's the hand, and everything, remember Agape, everything that you do, put God first, put God first, and let him be glorified. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Sister Jamoke is going to come and share uh, experience going out. Amen. She's actually been leading the effort of going out. All right. Thank you. Good morning, Agape. Um, first, I just want to thank everyone that signed up to join the last uh, monthly evangelism. It was very, very impressive. We have about 25 people signed up for the first time. And um, these people includes even the older ones, the aged ones, the young adults, singles, and the youth. So it was so, so impressive. So my experience at ShopRite, like Sister Stefania said, we had two groups one to Aldi and one to ShopRite. So on approaching ShopRite, it was um, challenging in the sense that most of the people we approached 
are either Spanish speaking or they are Asian. But the good thing is, God died for us all, no matter your color or your, your, your language. So Jesus is one. So with that, we just use the, um, the guidelines the pastor gave us. No, there's no need for story, no need for arguments. Just follow the directions. So we went on, speak to them. But with ShopRise, most of the people we approached are people that already know Christ. They already have relationship with Christ. So that was pretty much easier. So all we did was so just agree with them in prayers, and then we give them whatever we have, and they go. And then it's also challenging because some people don't even want to listen to you. They don't even want to give you the audience. You don't have to be, you know, sad about that. Keep doing what you are doing. Even Jesus experienced the same thing. And so he has called us into this business, and we're doing it together. Amen. So um, I want to encourage everybody to be part of this. If you were at the retreat, our brother that led the morning devotion on Friday said something about how do you respond to the death of Jesus? What is your response to his death? And he said one of it is a greater response of intentionality. Your voluntary, you know, your voluntary decision to go out there and preach the gospel. No excuses. If Jesus gave God an excuse of, I'm shy, I can't do it, I'm this, I'm that, we will not be seated here today. So put that aside. Go out there. Believe in God, not in your words, in the word that he has given us to speak. And they are right there with you in your Bible. Just use the word because the, there's power of God on those words. And the Holy Spirit will just, you know, perfect the rest. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's put our hands together for them. They were courageous. Amen. There are many more testimonies, but we're not going to go through. I just want to bring them up to at least personally to see that these are real people that go out there. Uh, they are not angels. They didn't drop from heaven. They had their fears coming. They are different kind of experiences, but they are obeying God. Amen. So I want to challenge you this month to at least attend one of this you know, do something. Uh, there's, there will be many, many more opportunities, but especially this month, I believe there is such a grace in the house. Uh, and there's a word from the Lord for us to do this. Amen. So I'm going to give you a few tips, a few important truths about evangelism that is very, very important, and we're going to close. Number one, the gospel has the power to save. All right? The gospel message has the power to save. See, the gospel message is a message, and the person that backs up the message is God. All right? The gospel message relies on the person who has the message, the person who gives up the message. Anytime we think is about me, you're going to be scared. You're going to be afraid. You know, you're going to think you have to perform. No, it's not about performance. It has the power to save. Look at the testimonies Sister Stefania gave. Somebody that was smoking, somebody that was clear. By the time they shared a simple message, he was crying. Uh, what happened? He was crying because the message of the gospel touched him. Hallelujah. I want us to read Romans chapter 1, verse 16. 
I actually want all of us to read it together. Romans 1.16 should be on the screen. Can we read it together in one go? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. This is Apostle Paul. He said, I am not ashamed of it. It is the power of God. And you're going, to exp- you're going to see that the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is backed up by God himself. The message is not your message. Left to you, you will probably not save people that way, right? If it's up to us to come up with a way to save the world, a message that people will believe in, a message that will be so you know, impressive, many of us will have come up with a different message. You will not say, Jesus died for your sin. God loves you. Jesus died for your sin. He was buried. And if you put your faith in that, then you will be saved. You will not think that makes sense. But God, who is wiser than all, right? Who is bigger than all, he gave us that message. And it is backed by his almighty power. Hallelujah. So for someone that will really be a successful, successful at sharing the gospel, you must strongly believe or know that the gospel has the power to save. I am not doing the saving. The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. 1 Corinthians, I want all of us to read that together also because I think they are very important to us. Let's read them one, two, go. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How many of us want to say thank God for that? You know, thank God it is not powerful preaching. Most of us, virtually all of us, will not be qualified, right? Thank God it is not persuasive power. You know, we will just be disqualified. What is it based on? The demonstration of the spirit and power. And guess what? We have the Holy Spirit, all right? God has given us the Holy Spirit. The only thing we need to do is to demonstrate it, is to step out. And the Holy Spirit is waiting for us to step out so it can flow. You're going to experience the Holy Spirit powerfully when you share the gospel. Hallelujah. So the gospel has the power. Number two important thing you need to know is the power of the gospel message lies in its simplicity. It it, It lies in its simplicity. It is not your ability to really, uh, you know, to excite people that gets people saved. It is simple. In fact, oftentimes, you know, the danger is trying to make it complex. The danger is trying to tell them about how they should lead. That's not your job when you are preaching the gospel. Your danger is not to convince them that, oh, you know, you are doing this, you are doing that. No, no, that's not your job. You know, your da- you know the danger is, tr- is in trying to complicate it. Anytime we complicate the gospel message, guess what happened? We stifle the Holy Spirit. All right? We actually block the Holy Spirit because we are saying, you know what? I have to be the one to win these people. I have to scream. I have to shake them. You know, I have to make sure they get it. You know, so it is, it lies in its simplicity. In fact, uh, 
Jesus is so simple uh, that oftentimes when people complicate it, it becomes a problem. Uh, if you follow the epistles of Paul, that was one of his challenges, you know, with the early church. You know, a lot of people. I gave an example here, 2 Corinthians 11, 3. He's talking to the Corinthians here. He said, but I fear lest someone as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, so he's saying, I'm afraid that you, you know, this thing is too simple. You're going to say, you know what? Is that what I'm going to say? How is this going to save people? Let me add a little more. You know, let me scare them a little bit. Let me tell them about how terrible hell is. Let me just go and read about hell. Or let me go and read about this. Let me go and read about that. Because, no, 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 no. In fact, the Bible says it is the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. The goodness of God. And that's what we go out there to tell people. That God is still reconciling men to himself. That God is not counting people's sin against them. And God is saying, come, praise the name of Jesus. So the gospel lies in it. The power of the gospel is because it is very simple. Amen, amen. The gospel must be preached to release that power. All right? Gospel must be preached. You see, let us, let us not say, oh, yeah, we don't even need to preach. That's another lie people go around to say, you know, we just live our life. You know, you don't even need, you know, we are the gospel that people, people watch. That's not really the message from God. Yes, we need to live right. Yes, we need to live our life as believers. We need to be good witnesses in the way to live. But that is not going to bring people to Christ. People are not just going to watch your life and say, you know what, I just want to come to Christ. No, most people want you to speak the gospel. They want you to tell them. They want you to invite them. They want you to share it with them. So don't say, you know what, you know, we don't need to. No, the gospel must be preached by somebody. Hallelujah. Let's read what the Bible, uh, what the Bible has support that. Romans chapter 10. And I want all of us to read verse 14 and 15. It's there. I want you to read it. Let's go. One, two. How then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Look at your feet and say, how beautiful are you? Beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. It says... They cannot believe unless they hear the message. They cannot hear unless someone preaches. God is calling you to preach that good news. All right? And my challenge to you is to be the answer to the prayer of Jesus. Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. And he said, ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send our workers into his harvest. Don't say, oh, that's not my job. Oh, I'm not, I'm not even there yet. I'm still struggling with my Christian work. 
that's not an excuse. You're saying that you are the one to save yourself. No. What saves us is not us. What saves us is that gospel message. You know, you're going to go to heaven because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. So don't disqualify yourself. Don't go around and say, you know what, it's not me. Ah, no, it's not, that. it's not the kind of me that will be preaching the gospel. No, it's the kind of you that God is looking for. And that's why it's so powerful. That's why the gospel message is so powerful that God can even use any of us. You know, that's why God is God. That he can take any of us and use us to preach the gospel to somebody. The only qualification is that you have accepted the gospel message yourself. Right? If you haven't accepted it, of course, you can't give what you don't have. That's the qualification. Have you yourself placed your faith in Jesus Christ? All right? Have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you put your faith in the fact that he died for you? Is that real to you or is it just a fable? It's just something you cannot connect to. Is it clear to you that you are going to hell? But Jesus decided to stop that disaster that is about to happen. And he stepped in and he said, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to pay the price so that you can have God's righteousness. That's what saves us. That's why we're excited. That's why we're happy. That's why we have assurance of salvation. And that is our faith. If you believe that, then you are qualified to go and preach the gospel. If you don't, then you can take care of that today. I want all of us to bow down our heads. If you want to say, Pastor, I cannot completely put my, beat my chest and say, I have Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. But I want to do it now. Please pray for me. That's very easy. It's easy for God. It's a difficult thing, but with God, all things are possible. I'd like you to wave your right hand. Just raise your right hand. I'd like to pray for you. Thank you. God bless you, my brother. Please just, just indicate. I want to know. I want to be able to pray for you. Any other person in the house? I have another person. I want to be able to see it, please. I want all, all, all eyes closed. Thank you, my sister. God bless you. I have a third person. God bless you. I have a feeling there might be one or two people. I just want to make sure you, I give you that opportunity. I want to make sure I give you that opportunity. Thank you again. God bless you. I have another person there. I'll give you another few seconds. God bless you, my brother. Thank you very much. God bless you, my brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. God bless you. I want you to walk out of this place knowing. In fact, I'd like you to rise up. Those people will raise their hand only because I want to be able to pray for you. I'm losing track. Please stand on your feet. Not everybody. If you raise your hand, please stand on your feet where you are. Just stand up, please. I'd like to just pray for you. God bless you. Just stand. Just stand, please. You can stand. Just stand up. Stand up where you are. Stand up where you are. God bless you. I want you to put your hands on your chest and just repeat after me. Just say, Jesus. I thank you because you died for me. I thank you because you went to the cross and paid the price for my sin so that I can have life. I thank you. Today, I put my absolute faith in the fact that you died for me. You were buried and on the third day, 
you rose again to give me victory. I confess you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. I ask you to baptize me. I ask you to empower me to live a life that pleases you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because I am a new person today. I am a new creation today. All things are gone. Everything is new in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want you to have your seat. God bless you. Amen. 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 I want you to do one more thing. If you made that decision today, I want you to fill out the tiara portion of the bulletin. Just, just put your name and tell me the decision you made today is going to come to me. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to reach out to you and try to, you know, encourage you in your faith. I want all of us to pray one prayer. Let's rise up and pray one prayer. I want you to say, Lord, give me a passion for the lost. Give me that passion for the lost. I want you to just put your hands on your chest and say, Lord, put the passion for the lost in my heart. Lord, let my heart break every time I see someone that is lost. Let me be compelled by your love for me and your love for them so that I can share the gospel. I want you to pray that prayer. I want you to truly, Lord, give me the passion for the lost. I know I don't want to give excuses anymore. I don't want to go around offering excuses. And all those excuses is because I don't feel it. I don't understand it. I don't know how this is important to you. Yes, Lord, give me the passion. Lord, I'm praying you will release the passion for the lost upon this house. That will no longer be idle, offering excuses. But we will have faith in the power of the gospel. And we will release it. We will speak it. And hundreds and thousands of people through our work here, our, our obedience, will come to Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You can have your seat. I am going to lead us into the offering quickly.